0: It's the CJ Podcast on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel, joined this week by the one and only Justin Berg as we got a full basketball show for you. We'll get back into football mode next week uh, as Dave Simone and I break down the bowl location and all that good stuff. And uh, I'm guessing Berg and I might find a way to squeeze in a basketball podcast next week as well with the Crosstown Shootout coming up uh, a week from Saturday. So, I'm sure we'll find a way to figure out how to get a couple podcasts in next week. One for football, one for basketball. Big show this week, though. A lot to talk about for Berg and I, and we got a special guest. We will be joined here momentarily by former Bearcat guard and now budding Bearcat announcer, Cincinnati native Kevin Johnson. So, we'll uh, we'll get him on here in just a second. But first, before you listen to this podcast, go into the kitchen. And make yourself a fresh cup of Trace test coffee. It's Fresh roasted gourmet coffee shipped directly to you. The coffee beans are roasted to order your order and shipped out immediately. Every bag of beans has the roast date clearly printed on it so you know that your coffee is fresh. Freshly roasted coffee tastes the best. There's a huge difference between drinking coffee that has been freshly roasted Excuse me, versus even just a few weeks old. All the coffee you find in your grocery and even gourmet food stores... Has been sitting there for weeks. Trace Pountas offers a unique opportunity to drink coffee immediately after it has been roasted, and shipped directly to your home. Go to www.tracepountas.com/coffee. That's T-R-E-S-P-O-N-T-A-S.com/coffee. Go to checkout, and when you place your order for a subscription, that's either every one, two, or four weeks, they'll send fresh coffee right to your house. When you go to checkout, you enter Bearcats. And when you do that, you will get 20% off of every bag of coffee in your subscription with that code. And again, as always, free shipping inside the United States from the Trace Poundtask website. So go to the website, order the coffee, go get yourself a cup right before you listen to this delightful podcast as we welcome in one of my guys. I've known this guy since he was like, I don't know, 14, 15 years old, Kev. You know him, man. I a you serve back in the day. And, and and we would uh, we chop it up, hang out, watch AAU games. Kev was uh, one of the guys. It, it, you cover a lot of kids uh, when you do this. But Kev was one of the guys I got to know really well. And it, it so happened that he ended up being a Bearcat. Great four-year career, four NCAA tournaments. Um, and and now he's working his way into the broadcast industry. Last night did his second game with the legendary Dan Horde. And uh, what, what, what's that been like, brother? How has that transition into uh, into the world of broadcasting, into my world, been for you?
1: Oh, man, it's been a pleasure, man. I've been enjoying it. Dan is a pleasure to work with. I appreciated uh, 700WOW for giving me the chance. But uh, it's been pretty fun. It's like a little transition period for me. I mean, it's something that, I feel like I'm pretty good at it. And I mean, it's, it's been a blessing to do it for the Bearcats. So, you know, that makes it just even better. Um, but other than that, man, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it mainly, I think, because I'm actually doing it with my alumni. You know, that make everything a lot, a lot funner. And I know a lot of the guys on the team. So it's real easy and fluent for me, man. And working with Dan Horde, like I said, is, is amazing. Um, so I, I like it, man. I'm actually excited to see what other opportunities might stem. Down from it, you know, might be able to see myself uh, doing doing this around the world somewhere. So, I guess we'll see where life takes us.
0: How did it come about, man? I, I, nobody knew all of a sudden that the exhibition game—you just showed up, suited up, and uh, and ready to go. How do, how do you how do you you come into this opportunity?
1: You know, uh, throughout my career, man, I used to really just talk to a lot of the guys that we used to do interviews with, and uh, Andre. Uh, you know, Andre definitely uh, used to always tell me, man, you know, if you ever ever want to come back, you know, if you ever want to get in this world, just kind of let him know. And if I ever wanted to. So I had kind of reached out to coach. From coach, we had a conversation, and he uh, reached out to Andre for me. Next thing you know, it was an opportunity because Cherry was moving up the TV on the TV side for a few games. So they were able to give me a chance, man. And uh, the opportunity has been great. People has been enjoying it. And uh, it just something really nice to put on my put on my resume, and hopefully, man, like I said, I'm excited to see what kind of opportunities may stem from it, and excited to see where I can push forward in it. But uh, definitely, definitely fun. Um, so UC, man, definitely. Uh, even uh, Mike Bone was a big help as well. So shout out to those people. I definitely got to say, uh, coming back to the community has been great, and people giving me opportunities to do something I might really enjoy.
0: There's worse jobs than sitting courtside and watching basketball for a living, right? And you know, get, get paid to talk. That's, that sounds like a great great place to be. I, and, you get, and you get a front row seat to some great action. I, I'm 41. I've been doing this since I was like 17. And uh, it beats having a real job. I can assure you of that.
1: You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Um, I've been enjoying it there.
0: Kava... A lot of a lot of talk uh, in this offseason and, and as the season has gotten started, comparing this team to your sophomore year, uh, the year after SK and and Justin Jackson and Titus Rubles moved on. Um, do you see any similarities in that? Do you see it, because this team lost three you know big time veteran, super talented players? Do you see any similarities between this team and that team?
1: Definitely, definitely. It. It's because you get all these new players, man. Everybody got to fill new roles, got to fill each other out. You know, it's a process of that, man. Chemistry can't be built overnight. And, like, man, what we went through my, my sophomore year was pretty much, I think it was like six new guys. Me and Troy might have been, like, the only two really returning guys. We were still young. So, you know, it's just hard trying to find that, that leader, number one, and then everybody else kind of jailing and filling in the rows. Even coaches, you know, even coaches figuring out exactly how they might want to attack the situation as well. So um, I definitely see similarities. But as I'm looking, just watching it, watching them from game one to, to now, I've seen a tremendous jump. So it's pretty exciting to see the guys grow. And it, it, it'll it'll be fun watching them. Just establish and just keep going as they learn each other and figure things out.
0: Berg, what you got for him?
2: Well, <clears throat> this, is, this isn't on that exact same subject, but uh, what I've been thinking about, Kev, as I'm, I'm looking ahead at UNLV and how good of a rebounding team they are, I remember you being uh, one of the best at finishing blockouts, especially after Coach got on you guys. And, uh, like you would, you would get low and push the guy and then keep going and going and going until the play was over. Um, so I, I guess the transition to that is like, now that you're on the broadcast side, are you, uh, going to practice? Are you talking to the players? Are you giving advice to the guys or are you just kind of staying out of it and letting them figure it out on their own?
1: Uh, I actually got some good relationship with the guys. So, you know, we, we definitely talk about small things, um. Rebounding is definitely one of the things I get on about because honestly, that's that's a, that's a hard pride thing that has nothing to do with making baskets or anything. That it, it's a it's a skill of winning is what I like to call it. So these guys know what to do, but that just takes heart. That, that's just passion and doing what it takes to win, which I know these guys got it, so they'll get it. But um, when I say, I mean, we, they got the athleticism, they got the height, they just really got to think about it and everybody got to focus in on it you know how it is out there trying to focus on scoring and everything else and you forget to do the small things to help you win so you know the guys is learning but they learn it they get it but they definitely like offensively and defensive rebounds um i look at a lot of second chance points and playing in cincinnati second chance points has been great so uh this team got to understand you know that that, that'll that'll make or break a game when you can't make no shots Rebounding the second chance points, and of course defensive rebounding. so um something that they gotta just take pride in honestly man, and coach how ready for that
2: yeah you yeah, you heard trayvon after the pine Bluff game talking about that he thought their offensive rebounding could be better um you know just i think you're looking at the stretch coming up, they're gonna have some some uh some real big boys to go up against um u c l a mm-hmm. of course and uh but but this this u n l v team has a ton of size. Uh, they're second in the country in offensive rebounding percentage that they get, they're getting four out of every nine misses, 44% uh, offensive rebound rate is insane. Uh, yeah. So I think that's, that's um, going to be uh, a big, you know, looking at like Trayvon and, uh, and Nasir Brooks. I mean, they've, they've played great so far, but they, I don't think they've seen the type of, you know, athleticism and, uh, you know, size they're about to go against on Saturday. This kid Shakur, Shakur uh, Justin for, for UNLV looks like a hell of a player, but you know, they're it's just this is about when they're about to find, you know, how good they are as a team. I mean, can you think back to um you know some of your seasons when maybe you played some kind of inferior competition and all of a sudden you had to step it up and play some I guess quote unquote real teams and, and you know how you guys navigated through that.
1: Definitely, man. Uh you know, that's how the schedule goes sometimes, man. A lot of these a lot of these teams aren't playing real teams just yet. You know, they they came out played Ohio State, which is a pretty solid team, so it's just learning. I mean, you know how it is. It's still early. But um, this is a good road test. I'd say definitely a good road test for this team because they still find their identity. So what it'll do is it'll test a lot of, you know, who these guys are. We get to see, you know, when things get rough, how how these guys react, you know. And that's, that's the simple thing, it kind of what, what this team will be is it's a winning team. And they'll, be, they'll react to certain situations, you know. They'll handle them. So uh, with that being said, you yeah. know, it's just a process. It's just a process, and they just got to be ready for it. But this is definitely a great road test to see against an uh, athletic, long uh, UNLV team. Uh, but, yeah, definitely going on the road for the first time with, the, with, a, with a somewhat unexperienced road team, it, it'll be interesting. But I think they'll, they'll pull it out, man. They'll be coached. They'll, they'll be prepared to do what they got to do if they focus on what uh, pretty much coach wants them to focus
0: on. One thing everybody likes to talk about are new guys, especially this time of year. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of excitement over what people have seen through, it's a small sample size, but through six games, what people have seen from Logan Johnson. What are you yeah. seeing from him, and, and and what's your take on the type of player he can be throughout his Bearcat career?
1: Uh, I see him be just real reliable, man. He got a lot of parts about it. I think the kid got a. Uh, incredible IQ, really matured with his game. Uh, But for what the the team is right now, he's giving energy off the bench. You know what I mean? Him as a freshman, he's done done a great job in his role, controlling the pace of the game when he is playing the point. But really just bringing that energy, bringing that defensive energy, getting people, getting up in people, getting steals. He might have three steals the other night. I mean, you get a couple steals a game, uh, it's just the energy and what he brings for this team this year is amazing. And once uh, Justin Jennifer, you know, is out of there, I feel like he'll be the same flow. Real real, uh, real great floor, general reform, picks his points. I, I like him, man. He'll have a great career. And uh, K is a pretty complete player. Uh, I definitely like him. I can, I can see the resemblance, man, to him and his brothers. Pretty funny.
0: One thing, I, I was talking about this with a couple people yesterday, you guys are one of the only teams in the country that instead of swiping at the ball, you reach in with both hands and you take it. Oh, yeah. Um, and Logan is incredible at that. His hand speed to reach in and do that at the, at mm-hmm. some of the times he's done it this year uh, just kind of wows you. Tell us about Mick's philosophy on that because it, it shocks me with as successful as you guys are at doing it, that you don't see many teams around the country also use that practice of when a ball handler exposes the ball, people slap down. And, and instead of slapping down, you guys go in two hands and, and just take it, which is almost never called a foul because it's it's clean. You just reach in, you take the ball, and you go the other way. Take me through that.
1: I mean, it's, man, it's really practice what you preach, man, coaching uh, – Broke that down to an art, honestly, man. You, and, Chad, you know, you've been at practice. The truth is, and they practice that stuff, man. It's, it's truly the truth is, Coach know He said, one hand is a foul with two hands. They don't call. You wouldn't grabbed it. It's, it's, it's as simple as it sounds, truly. You know, the swipe always gets called. It's just what the refs see. The refs see you going with two hands. It's, it's not a call. And normally when you go with two hands, you go with all balls like you catch it, and it's a timing thing. But, I mean, that's, a, that's something that I know these guys practice a hundred times. Like, so when the game comes, it's just another day of practice for them. It's just like <laughs> the teams that don't play against this, like they play against each other every day, don't even expect it, and it makes it that much easier. You know not practice. We expect it. So you might make that extra pass before the help even get there. But most teams, they're not used to that the help and that pressure being like, a Bearcat defense. I mean, that's why it's always, in my opinion, one of the best in the in the country year in year out. So uh, it's something that is definitely broken down to an I art. Mean, it's it's a read, and it's a read, and they practice it, man. And Logan Johnson is he got it, and that was something I was pretty good at. And to watch him do it, you right, man. He do grab it. Like he got a real good sense of like timing of when a person get close, he to grab, and he get it every time. And he, awesome at it he got really long arms too
0: are you surprised more people more teams don't do that because it's effective as hell
1: it's something that's not really coached. i mean it's something so small and so simple you know a lot of coaches you know they let the kind of let the kids kind of play and, and do that but they i mean C- coach Cronin, man break it down to an art and it's a read it's something that these guys are trained to focus on it's like a soldier man they just seriously trained to do that so they read it and they see it, man. A lot of teams, you know how it is, man, different programs, different teams, and they might not focus on small defensive habits like Cincinnati does. And that's why everybody does it because I see everybody on the team doing it. So. It's just something we train to do, man. It's a, it, But I love it, and it's effective. And it keeps people out of foul trouble and gets, gets some steals.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Jaron, he played behind – you know, played – not behind you, but you guys kind of played the same spot, split time your senior yep. year. What uh-huh. have you seen from him and the and the growth of him and, and how much better he is now as a player uh, than when he got here and, and, and went through everything with you guys that first year?
1: Definitely, man. He's a player, man. He can play. I mean, Jaron is a complete player. He was a complete player when he got there. Just really learning the game. Learning the game is pretty slow down to him. And he know, man, he he's smart about what he do. That's why he's a great player, man. He can he can fit. He understands what coaches expect out of him. He, he he plays his role tremendously, man. He can shoot. He got a strong body to get to the rim. He can finish right, he got great touch. I mean, to me, man, he can be a great player. He can have a great season. Um, he just gotta keep his foot on the pedal. He's gotta keep his foot on the pedal even when it's you know, having a ruffle. Still still keep it going, so um, I expect good things out of you in every game, though. Every game, it's definitely his time.
0: I, I was gonna ask you about Gary Clark, but I can't do that. I got I got to leave that up to my man Berg because I know <laughs> he wants to ask you about Gary Clark. Well, yeah, just looking at
2: uh, you know Trayvon trying to fill those types of that type of shoes, and um, you know, just everything that he meant to the program and all that. I mean. I, how, how excited are you for him with what he's doing with the NBA now, and um, and you know talk a little bit about that from your perspective, and then um, also just like trying to fill a player's shoes of that magnitude for Trayvon. Uh,
1: speaking to Gary, man, Gary is just that guy, man, just complete guy. And if you know Gary, it's just it's, it's nothing, it's nothing different, man. He's doing the same thing I've seen him do every day in practice, man. The guys just natural of what he do, man, you know I mean, and he busts his butt to get as good as he is as well, but Gary is tremendously got a great lower body, strong with the ball, big hands, I mean, cause, can grab a rebound from anywhere, and honestly, man, coming to Cincinnati and learning every bit of defense, I mean, I knew he would be prepared. If, if Teams, when you come in young, they need you to defend, and Gary got the right size in that position and also was in the right situation where now, and it's, it's complete. That, it doesn't surprise me that things working the way they work for Gary, man. Trust me. He's in the right situation, and from there, Gary can hold the wheel and, and take it from there, man. I Yeah, I a whole bunch of confidence in him. But like I said, it's a, it's a great situation over here at the Houston Rockets for Gary, and I want people to understand that makes a difference, man. It's a great situation for him, and he sees in the moment. And he doing what Gary does all the time, and he kills it. So uh, definitely doesn't doesn't surprise me. But uh, just to fill some shoes like that, I don't even like to look at it like that because we all different players. And what Trey Scott will bring is what Trey Scott will bring. It is something like Gary Clark, but it's it's not Gary Clark. You know what I mean? But Trey can do it. You play. The same energy, the same thing that, that Gary can do as, as he builds. you got to think, man, Trey, this is really his first year. This. So it's a big transition and a big jump that the, the kid is going through. But once he really get comfortable and his moment comes, he'll seize the moment as well. And, and he'll take off. And people will be so surprised at the things that that kid can do. That you, It'll be a Gary Conner's comparison for sure. Uh, I really believe it will be.
0: You know, it's funny, Kev. Mick mentioned a couple weeks ago, the first couple weeks Gary was on campus and uh, the workouts and the first couple, like when you guys started going five-on-five for the first time with Gary around. And, And like I said, this is when Justin and Titus had just left. And if you remember back to those days, I remember it clear as day, Gary dominated the glass from the day he stepped on campus and, and, and yeah. were you guys were you guys looking at it the same way I was it was either like nobody else on this team can rebound or this dude's incredible
1: <laughs> no like I'm telling you with Gary Clark first on first practice like he out rebounded the team like he dominated yeah. it was it was ridiculous so it was just he Naturally, he has been good at like it's just he got a great dose for the ball. I mean I'm trying to tell people his lower body is crazy strong and he got really big hands and long arms like it's perfectly completely like he could do that <laughs> it's just his ability but i mean he still sees the moment gary came to cincinnati stayed four years had a great career but really learned the game of basketball too now he can go on and like, he, he can flow right in there so it's just to me it's just like i'm not gary's just doing what gary does right? Is this gary? it's the same thing man but uh trey scott will do well, will do well and he a heel blossom but everybody gotta understand, man, this kid really I don't even know the exact margin of time, but probably did play no more than ten to thirteen minutes last year. Now really gotta play thirty, thirty five minutes. So this is a big jump and really being out there and getting comfortable. But once you get comfortable, kid can got a array of stuff he can really put out. Back to the basket, got a nice got a nice fifteen footer, can athletic,
0: can rebound, can dunk. He'll be fine.
1: He'll be fine. It'll be pretty good to watch him throughout
0: the year. Hey, have you talked to him at all? Because that pressure kind of fell on you when SK left. Um, yeah. Because you you, know, you were stepping into to the, the the shooting guard spot, and you were replacing a legend, a guy who's up on the practice gym, big old yeah. picture of his ugly mug up on the practice gym. <laughs> Cheers. Have you talked to Trey about that at all, the the, the pressure that comes with yeah, that? Yeah, I'll
1: tell you, man. You know, the thing is, you just focus on being Trey, man. It's, it's never a, a, what you got to do. Just be Trey. Make your own legacy here, man. And, and, and it's, it'll stick. It'll stick. You, you just got to be on these guys to be a leader for everyday thing. That's what i tell Trey, it ain't. You do find it. It'll all work out for you. But just be Trey. Don't overdo it. Just be Trey because it's going all slow. You just got to just get comfortable, you know, and then, He's gonna feed this moment, man, I'll tell him. But he's a smart guy, man. He's a smart guy, humble kid. Work his butt off. I mean he listen. so trust me, man. I am I'm, I'm watching his progression and it's it's perfect. It's right on key and right on time. So um Trey'll be fine, man. I'm I'm pretty confident in him. It'll be fun. Like I say, it'll be fun to really watch him, man. I remember when he first came, so it, it's it's funny seeing him now, man, the growth and how everything is
0: the the young guys get old fast brother the young guys get old fast um one last one last thing before we let you go uh how much how much do you get a chance to keep up with your boy um it got to be cool seeing him getting a two way deal uh, you guys were best friends from the the minute you all met and uh how fun is it to to follow Troy and and keep up with his his development as now he's he's fighting for a spot in the NBA
1: uh, you know, y'all know that's my boy. We in it, we in it together, man. I know, I know everything. We just, we just stay tapped in with each other, man. That's my man, you know. And uh, yeah, we talk a lot though. He doing the same. He's the face of the program down there for real at Lakeland. And just you know, just learning, learning life, learning basketball, man. It's you know now things are bigger than basketball, so you know. We talk about a lot of things. So, you know, but like I said, it's, it's great, man. My brother, he'll be, be fine, man. Somebody will give him a chance. If Orlando want to sleep on him, somebody will give him a chance, man. This time is coming as well. And what he does, man, he's a great, smart basketball player. And what he'll bring to the team, he, he, to me, right, just as ready as a good Clark on any team. Know how to play defense, know how to read, know how to play basketball. So, the time will come, man. No worries. But he is doing great in Lakeland. Um, and just like I say, man, line of in life now and become, become, become a better Troy every day. So,
0: uh um, you, 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 you gave him hell for being friends with Rodney Purvis as soon as he got there, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we still, I still be
1: messing with you. I still, I still mess with him about that. I always say, man, you let you Rodney Purvis be your boy. Because, no, don't start that. Don't start that. Don't start that. That ain't my boy like that. That's, just, you know, that's my teammate. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know. Shout out to Roddy Feather, He's cool too, man. Yeah. I've been around. He's a good dude though.
0: He he brought him up, didn't he?
1: Yeah, he fine. Uh nah, he didn't bring you up, but they uh they cool people though. They cool people. They was roommates down in Lake.
0: Yeah, I knew that. No, I just I thought he brought him up here one time when he visited. Nah.
1: Nah, he didn't.
0: It ain't it ain't like that.
1: <laughs> nah, nah, Ronnie Pervers ain't coming up here.
0: Hey, Berg, you got anything else?
1: Ready for that?
2: Of course, I I I got to do a uh, a dunking question for you, Kevin, because uh, I I yeah. fashion myself as a dunkologist. Uh, I pretty much mostly pay attention to dunks. He's never
0: dunked in his life, Kevin.
2: Not true. <laughs> Not true. There is evidence. On YouTube of me by myself throwing it up catching it with two hands and dunking it with one on a legit 10-footer I, I think I got about 12 down in my in my day never in a game though But uh, so never in a game never now nah, never in a game I mean it was I don't know did you see, you know the dunk the guy did last night for? Uh, Pine bluff at the end the off left foot right hander barely over the top of the rim over the front of the rim That was my dunk uh, with nobody around and, and me by myself on uh, my own basketball hoop or something. <laughs> but um, here's here's for you, uh, you know, two things. One, I brought this up to Chad, and uh, I, I really pay attention to every aspect of dunking. And so you and Troy both dunked the ball in college. You yeah. only dunked off of two feet, and he yeah. only dunked off of one leg. The whole any uh, any dunk <laughs> either one of you guys did you, you you took care of the two foot stuff and he only did the one foot I don't know if you guys were aware of that or not. Yeah,
1: I'm not really do it because after fact, like like this dunk off one foot and i will be like, all right, I'll dunk off one foot. But in the game, I'm not about to do that. Like it just that hurt my knees. Right, on just hurt. Right, yeah, I could dunk off one foot, but man, I'm two feet. I'm about to just pray it. It's real about to be real easy. <laughs> that's real light, and then, you know he barely could get over the rim, right? y'all. You know, okay. <laughs> he had to go off two one foot, you know. But that was his function, you know. That's all he had for. Him. I go off two feet. I can't go off two feet. Ah, yeah, I go off one foot. I choose to dunk off two feet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, I think I I, I want to get a true or false from you on this. Um, I think I in my mind the two hardest dunks you had in your career were in the same game. And it was your senior year at SMU. You guys had you guys couldn't yeah. score that game. I think it was, you lost sixty to fifty one, I believe. And you had two yep. pick sixes. And each one of them you Jeez. you really wound up and just crushed both of those as hard as you could. Yeah, like you I got, maybe up. you're a little frustrated.
1: I had like a little I had like a little one hand dog like my sophomore year. I feel like it was like might have been U U S F. It was at home. I cranked it off two feet but I had a but with one mm-hmm. hand. I like that one, too. That was one of my favorite pictures. Okay. There's a throwback, though. That's a throwback
2: right there. Yeah. But, yeah, those ones. Are he was definitely
1: a I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a good one, too. But, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I cranked out. But, thats you knew, had a great gym. Yeah. That gym was yeah. good. <laughs> yep. Gotta that's say, it. I, that I, I, yeah.
2: Yeah, I just remember that you had two in the same game, two pick sixes, mm-hmm. and they were both really hard and looked like you were taking out some frustration on the rim because you guys had a rough one on that. Okay. I think it was a Sunday.
1: Yeah, that definitely was a rough game, too, boy. It was, we was moving slow. So, but, yeah, good times, man. It was a lot of good times. Hi, <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, brother. Appreciate appreciate you coming on with us, man. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you down the road here soon as well. And uh, great job so far in the radio call. And uh, if you ever need any help, obviously you always know where to find me, my man.
1: Man, appreciate you all having me. You to have a good one, man.
0: All right. That's former <laughs> yes, sir. Summit Country Day All-State Selection, Kevin Johnson, talking about uh, the Bearcats and, and his time at UC and some dunks with Berg, as always. <laughs> <laughs> Got to th- do that. I, I thought that was good perspective, though, on on kind of what he went through, you know, with the pressure of replacing SK compared to what, you know, in a lot of ways, what, uh, what, uh, Trey is Drayvon. going through now. Yeah. With, with, you know, replacing, uh, Gary.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, overall though, man, good stuff to have Kevin on. Always good to talk to him. Um, really happy to see him kind of getting a chance in the, in the broadcasting side of things. He offers good insight and uh, local kid, so uh, it's always good to have him around. I love when he's at practice and we can we can sit and talk. Uh, not that I'm at practice. Practice is closed. I don't know what he was talking about, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, real quick before we get into the rest of the show, I'd like to remind everybody it is the holiday season, and you should go to 513shirts.com to get your holiday shopping done, some good gear, uh, that, that city of Cincinnati centric, a lot of you know, most of it all uh, centered around sports uh, in the area. And if you go to partners, drop down to Bearcat Journal and get yourself some Bearcat Journal gear. We got hoodies, we got ball caps, we got t shirts, got a couple different designs, we've got stickers, we got the Bearcat Journal patch, all kinds of good stuff. So make sure this holiday season you're heading to 513shirts.com and get yourself or someone you love. That Bearcat Journal gear that they've always needed, always needed. Berg, yeah. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a shirt for you. Okay. I, I, I need to remember to bring it to a game.
2: Yeah, it uh, looks like the uh, NKU game will be the next, the next opportunity for that.
0: Yeah, if you make it. Yeah. <laughs> Berg had to. Berg had to stay home and and and, and take care of the wife and little one. We he's he's learning the joys of the uh, the nose plunger, as we talked about before the broadcast, which is the ultimate worst. Oh, my God.
2: Yeah, they can Yeah, they don't want it. They don't want anything to do with it. The baby just is not happy about it in any shape or form. And meanwhile, you have to get that mucus out of her nose. So it's a, it's just a battle. <laughs> and, and you got to tr- yeah. trick her and do it when she's happy real quick. and She's not paying attention. And then you try to tell her,
0: like, I'm trying to help you. And then (laughs) they get even even more upset. No, you're not. I hate this. Yeah. Oh, It's awful. And like I told Berg, they get used to it never, ever, 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 ever. (laughs) Well. Until Until they almost learn how to blow their nose. And even then, they're bad at that, too
2: yeah i mean i'm thinking if she's seven months now i don't think all of a sudden she's just gonna be like oh this is fine go ahead and do it
0: yeah no she's not i can i can assure you (laughs) she she is eight months it's it's not like at eight months she's gonna be like oh he's trying to help huh how (laughs) did i think of that before well go ahead dad stick that thing up there yeah uh the the worst and this this is a little bit different the worst for me with kelsey was um one day at school, she was standing on the the playground. They've got, like, a giant oak tree where she went to preschool. And she's looking up at the oak tree and, I guess, like, lost her equilibrium and fell back and split her head. Oh, gosh. Well, Bert didn't cry. I The, the, the school calls me frantic. It was, like, two blocks from the house. So I, I race down there. I get in there. She's sitting down eating lunch with her friends. And I'm like, Kelsey, you just split your head open. We need to go to the doctor. She's like, well, let me finish lunch, Dad okay so (laughs) she's fine until we get to the doctor and they're like stitches Mm -hmm. yeah and the only way i could get her to even remotely calm down was to let her bite on my thumb as they were stitching her she almost bit my thumb off whoa she damn near bit my thumb off she still laughs about it to this day Hey Dan, remember that time I almost bit your thumb off? <laughs> oh, so it, it never gets easier, Berg. It never gets easier. Um, I, I know you've got you've you've got homework that you've done again. You've got more more games to play. So uh, what do you got for me this time?
2: Let's All right, go. I'd say this is a it's not real or not real, but it's a variation of it. I, I think I've got a list of some progress slash bright spots that we've seen in the early going here uh for the cincinnati bearcats and uh i guess the 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 rhetorical it's somewhat rhetorical question is is this stuff sustainable against higher level competition because we're about to find out uh first true road game on saturday um nku no joke next week xavier obviously everyone knows they're always uh Little tough on the Bearcats, and then you got the road game against an SEC team and the UCLA Bruins with revenge on their mind. So just, I've got uh, I've got six. We can we can kind of just pump through them real quick, and you can give me your thoughts on them, whether you think it's sustainable um, or not. And the first one would be that um, after the first couple games, I'd say the past four games for sure. The defensive intensity and the communication has just ramped up to a to a much higher level than it was when the season started, led by Justin, Jennifer, and then the the front court duo Scott and Brooks, kind of like all their leadership on that end, and um, just like you know talking to uh, Savino. Media, whatever day that was this week, and I asked about the defense. and He said he felt like the, the communication was just, um, you know, really on a higher plane than it had been when the season be- began. So, um, that's the first one. Just, you know,
0: what do wh- you've, what's your thought on that, um, moving forward? Sustainable. Yeah. Uh, because if it's not sustainable, McCurnan's not going to play you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I do like I, the one thing I've really seen, and I, and I knew this was possible because, um, I know his personality, but you're really seeing Nazir Brooks become a vocal leader on the floor. Um, I've seen multiple times where he's pulled a guy aside like, you know, during a timeout or if there's a foul or, you know, the, the refs go to the monitor for something. And, and he's constantly pulling a guy aside, talking to him, talking about what he's seeing. And I, we knew Trey Scott was going to do that because he was kind of sliding into that leadership role. But I think it's really important for your center to do that because he's that guy at the back end. He's that guy at the rim. Um, And that's one of the – for me, that's one of the keys to a good defense is having that rim protector locked in with everybody else because he needs to know, who are you funneling to me? You know, what are we doing in the pick and roll? That communication from center – to guard or center to wing I think is critical Um, and I've really seen Nazir take a a big step there Um, coming into the season I wasn't sure how long it was going to take for him to really get up to speed and I think he's getting there I don't think he's fully there yet I think he's getting there probably at a rate a little bit quicker than I expected uh, and a lot of that is the 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 ability to vocalize what he's seeing defensively and and communicate that with his teammates.
2: yeah, and consistent minutes always helps too yes. development for sure. But yeah, I think if you looked at the way the first three games played out, um you know the defense was was okay against Ohio State. It wasn't tremendous or anything. And then they the second game after the loss, they came out, I think we all knew they were just gonna take it to I can't remember who that second. Who the second opponent was, but um, they 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 murdered him. and then then the third game against uh, Milwaukee, Justin didn't play, and they had a letdown on that. In the first half, they were tied at halftime against Milwaukee, and um, after J- Justin came back in the, the fourth game against uh, Western Michigan, since then um, it has been like I said in the the post game, like you know, foot on the pedal, uh, floored for 40 minutes on that end, and that's that's just, I mean. It's always something that's, that that Cincinnati needs to do, but I think this season even more so um, just with the new faces and the, the inconsistent offense potentially. So, um, yeah, I feel like that's – it should be sustainable, but I think what will probably happen is like some games they'll probably – they just won't be able to do it. They'll lose. Then they'll come back and they'll be like, yeah, we need to focus on that again. It's just kind of – that's the that's the cycle of life at Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it's – the, the passport, they're on the right track with that. And, and really the other, and last night against a team that was – you know, had no chance, but they didn't. You know, they didn't let up, and a lot of times in the past we've seen that. So it seems like they probably understand that's that's something that they need to sustain. Um, the second one would be, um, you know, after the Ohio State game. So in this six-game win streak, uh, the shot selection has been tremendous, um, and and the free throw rate has been very solid as well. They uh, they're forty-eight percent from the field overall, and if you take out the Ohio State game, they're fifty-two percent. And I think one of the reasons why is that they are three hundred and forty first in three point attempts per field goal attempt this year. So they are not settling. They're working They're moving the ball. Uh, they're trying to penetrate. They're seeing what's there. And, um, you know, they're they're not They're They're really making a concerted effort to get it as close as they can to the basket before they shoot it into the basket. And it's it, the percentage is showing that. So um, that's something that uh, is is going to have to be sustainable, correct?
0: Yeah. Um, I think you are. They're going to have to deal with, as the level of competition cranks up, uh, the scouting report is going to get out that they're a downhill team. Um, teams are going to load the box and, and try to do what they can to, to force them out of that. And at that point, they are going to have to knock down some perimeter shots. Um, but ultimately, this team's bread and butter is playing downhill. And we talked about that all summer, uh, every time we've had a podcast since the end of last season, this is a team that's going to have to play downhill, and it's a team that is playing downhill uh, after that first 20 minutes of chucking jumpers six seconds into the shot clock.
2: Um, yeah, you, we were saying, but yeah, you knew I, I wasn't a fan of
0: that after oh, the first
2: I, four minutes.
0: <laughs> you know, usually I'm okay with it because I, I like the three-point shot, especially if you're open. A lot of those were open and good looks, but it's not this team's identity. That can't right. be who this team is. Um, and I thought they went away from that, and and that's why they had the, a big reason why they had such a terrible first half. Um, you, again, there's going to be challenges to it, but it's who they have to be because it's who they are. It's 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 what the roster is built to do. Um, you know, Jaron is built to kind of get you on his hip and bully you to the rim. Um, it, Trey is built to play fifteen feet in. Nas is a guy that plays right at the rim. Um, the you know Kane is a guy that scores off. He's an off the bounce scorer, um, and that what's that's what makes him unorthodox. He's not. His strength is not catch and shoot. He's he's pretty good at it, but that's not ultimately what he needs to do to be the most effective. Uh, is just you know stand around the three point line and and try to catch and shoot. Um, they do need Justin to do what he's been doing. He's a, what, 44% from three on the year?
2: Yeah, he leads the team except for Mamadou Diara.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's they need him, and I, I've said this multiple times. Um, they need him to be up in that 40%, 41% range because, one, we know he's not going to take any bad ones. Um, so if he's just taking good rhythm open shots, he needs to knock them down at a high clip. Uh, but it, Rashawn Fredericks plays better downhill. Keith Williams, we know, plays better downhill. Did you almost faint when he pulled the dream shake the other last night? <laughs> that was smooth.
2: He did all. He did all kinds of stuff in that first half. That was
0: fun. So that that's their that's what their identity has to be. So uh, whatever they got to do to make that happen, they they need to do to make that happen.
2: Yeah, and you alluded to to Justin Jennifer. I mean that that forty four percent is huge. I mean. Just just for spacing purposes, um, the, for the opponent having to worry about him and be concerned, and, and whoever's guarding him has to stay close to him, it just helps to spread the floor. And any floor spacing this team can create, like you said, for downhill type of stuff is going to be huge. Um, number three on this list here, Chad, would be Kane Broom's resurgence after the first two games. He's, he's at 14.4 points per game his last five on 59% shooting, which is insane for a six one guard, um, two and a half assists a game. He's playing much better defense. He's only 28% from three for the year. And he's the, the free throw attempts, 2.7. It's more than last year, but I'd like it to be a little higher, maybe around four or so. But, um, the question for him becomes as the competition ramps up, that means a lot bigger, taller, stronger, more athletic wings, potentially, um, ice, you know, uh, Focusing on him and, and really trying to, to shut him down. And he'll definitely see that on Saturday against UNLV. So, um, how concerned are you with uh, with his size and being able to do what he does against like some, some more athletic, you know, longer type of wings?
0: Not overly concerned. Um, he's got the quickness to win those type of matchups. And he does a lot of things in small, in tight spaces. So, you know, I. Yeah, there's going to be some times where it's a tougher matchup for him. Um, but I still think if he's playing with confidence and, and playing the way we've seen him the past couple games, past three or four games, uh, I don't think it's too much of a problem. I mean, uh, Ole Miss had some good size at the guard position. That's true. And they're very aggressive defensively. He didn't turn it over, and he put points on the board. and And that's what this team's going to need him to do. Um, so I, I, I think it's sustainable. I mean, obviously on a night to night basis, you know, anything can happen. A matchup can be incredibly tough or just have an off night putting the ball in the basket, but, uh, I'm not overly worried about his size being a problem. He, I mean, it's not like he's five, nine, he's still six foot one. Like he's, he's, he's undersized a bit for a two guard, but that's not all that uncommon in the college game. He just has to use his quickness, use his ability to, to handle the ball in space, create some separation. And like I said, he's a he's a, a guy that, that scores off the dribble. Um, and, and that helps you at times alleviate those size concerns because you're on the move and you know where you're going and your guy doesn't know where you're going. Um, so not overly concerned about that. I think he'll be fine there. Yeah. I mean,
2: he's, he's really taken what the defense gives him. He's reading and just, you know, reacting on the fly. And, um, he's, he's, you know, obviously been very 59% shooting is, is incredible. So, um, the next one would be Keith Williams. He's 51% field goals, 12 offensive rebounds, team leading 11 steals, uh, been a huge factor on both ends of the floor. And, you know, he's, he doesn't have a ton of experience, but he seems to, uh, you know, he, he seems to be ready to go, and, and he has a lot that he can bring to the table. So, you know, Keith versus some better competition, I mean, it seems like he should be fine. But, um, it, you know, it's hard to say because he hasn't really done it yet. He didn't play yeah, last I think, year in any kind of major situation other than the Wichita State game.
0: Yeah, I, I think there's still going to be ups and downs with Keith as he adjusts to being a primary guy, being a starter at this level. Um. that's, that's just going to come with more reps, more time, more getting comfortable with everything that's being asked of him. Um, I think what he's proven to himself is that he belongs at this level over the past couple weeks. Um, I think that is – and I've talked to Keith about this a little bit. That's really hard for a guy when you sit that first year. And not that he not that he redshirted, but when you don't play a whole lot, you start to wonder like, am I good enough? Is you know do I belong at this level? You, doubt starts setting in, um, and he's now proving to himself, I am good enough. When we play these mid and low major teams, I'm better than these guys, and when we play a team like Ole Miss, I'm making an impact in this game, and that's the first step in that confidence being built. Um, I think he's going to be okay, but I think, you know, don't be surprised if in this five-game stretch there's a game or two where maybe he doesn't play well. And that's not reason to panic. That's just he's a guy in his first five-game stretch of big games. Um, but, man, he's, he's really come a long way in the past two weeks. I'll tell you that much.
2: Yeah, and Mick has said it a million times. Young players are inconsistent, so it's just natural progression of things. Yeah, I think if he just focuses on what he's been focusing on, which is his defense and rebounding, I mean, he, the fifty-one percent field goals is probably isn't going to last. But um, I guess it he could. Keeps if he keeps He keeps dunking from the and, rim. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say if he keeps dunking and, and you know laying it in and stuff like that, then I you know, it, it's definitely a possibility. But um, yeah, I mean, he just has to focus on what has earned him those minutes like justin i was talking to jennifer the other day he said you know he just discovered that he stays on the floor longer if he focuses on that stuff and um that's just how it works so yeah i mean it's it's been like we talked about before i didn't quite see this happening i didn't you know i I think everybody kind of most people at least assume that kane would just be penciled in right at that two guard slot and it would be keith would be battling for some minutes with trevor and maybe Getting some when Jaron's out a little bit, but I mean, he's really stepped in and become a key contributor. And I feel like the defense, I mean, his his activity on defense has uh, has really ramped things up and been a big factor. So, be interesting to see uh, you know how he handles his stretch, just like everybody. Yeah. Uh, but um, the other part about that, and and you you mentioned Nasir earlier, uh, but you know Nasir and Trayvon, I mean, look, you know the competition hasn't been incredible, but man, they have they have done a lot more than I anticipated um, on both ends of the floor. If you combine their numbers, they're right about 18 points per game, just under 13 rebounds per game. Uh, They have combined for 15 shot blocks and they are both right around 57% from the field. So um, they've done a lot of stuff that, uh, you know, they, they were inconsistent at the last few years. And like we talked about just getting consistent minutes is going to help, but uh, man, I mean they—they have—they've impre- they've, they've been very impressive um, uh, thus far, and they are going to meet their match on on Saturday. That's for sure with what UNLV has. So, uh, what are you looking for, you know, from them against some better competition?
0: Uh, the main thing is they can't get overwhelmed early. Um, you know, the, if they can weather that first five minutes or so. Um, I think they'll be able to kind of settle in and they'll be fine. Uh, I think it, it where you worry, especially, and and this is what UC does to people as well. When you play a team like that, if you come in and you're not really ready for that size and that intensity at the rim, it it throws everything off, and and you're you're on your heels and you're trying to recapture that momentum, which that can take. 10, 15, 20 minutes, sometimes the whole game, it, it doesn't happen. Um, so I think, especially just looking at that UNLV game, most importantly is they've got to come out in those first five minutes, that first four-minute segment, the first two four-minute segments, and and at least battle to even on the glass. Yeah. And that way you let UNLV know, like, you're not doing to us what you've done to these teams that you've been beating up on. Um, but it's the first road game for a lot of these guys as 25, 30-minute-a-game guys. So we're going to see how that goes. Um, Now, Trayvon and Nas have played in a lot of road games, a lot of hostile atmospheres, but now they're doing it as the main guys, and I think that's the key for them if we're talking just specifically about uh, what they're going to have to do against UNLV is they're just going to have to be aggressive from the jump and and don't let it be a situation where UNLV grabs ten of the eight of the first ten rebounds or they get a couple putbacks early and then you start you know your confidence sinks that that can't happen um, we'll see I mean I don't I don't have a clear cut answer for whether that'll happen or not but that's what needs to happen
2: yeah and the, thinking back to Kevin's sophomore year i believe that that was the year when they went to uh new mexico and they just you know it was kind of their first tough road game of the year and they just they, yeah, i think they got they just got down big early and it was just you know they had a hard time finding their way back into that one and um i don't think that this unlv team is as good as that new mexico team but it's the same type of scenario where it's like oh now you want to get some some legit size some skilled players things like that i mean looking at and that's pretty much what I had for that segment, but um, you know, so we got a few minutes left. Let's talk about UNLV just a little here. Um, you know, they have a six eleven dude, uh, and they have a six seven dude who are like they're four, they're four and five, and they are both. I would say they're both uh, more athletic, or at least as athletic as uh, Trey and Nasir. Give me some. Um, give me some names. Okay, so. Uh, Shakur Justin is the, uh, he's a six, seven senior out of New Jersey. And, um, the kid averaged a double, double last year. Um, he had 19 rebounds in a game last year. Um, he against Arizona and Deandre Ayton, he had a big game. I think he had like 17 and nine. Um, he, can, he's not a, he's not a three point shooter, but he is a hell of a rebounder. And I, I can guarantee you that, uh, that is a big focus is figuring out how to keep him off the offensive glass. Um, and he's going to really be a reason why it's going to be hard for UC to get second chance points. This guy is just a, yeah. a, an incredible player. Um, and then, uh, let me see if I can pronounce this right. It looks like Sheck Mbake Jong, 6'11", 220 sophomore, patrolling the paint. Um, this dude is like, I mean, he's Nasir's size, um, but he, he seems to be a little more athletic than Nasir, a little quicker. And, um, so it, it just seems like, all right, you know, you guys have been playing well. Um, you guys have been effective on both sides of the ball. But, uh, you know, now you're really about to meet your match against these two. And UNLV also bring a 6'8", 6'9", off the bench, a couple freshmen. Their wings are tall. Not only they've got a guy named Tervel Beck, who's 6'7", Chris Clyburn, 6'6". So this team has a ton of length and size. And um, But the, the thing is, is they don't really shoot the ball very well from the outside. So I believe I heard you on the uh, – uh, the what's the skinny. other podcast you do? Yeah, the, skin, the Skinny Pod saying uh, you you were anticipating a rock fight um, a bit,
0: yeah, just because they're both big and physical. Uh, UNLV does like to get up and down the floor a little bit more, but that's never easy on Cincinnati. So, right, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not saying 44-42. I'm just saying in style of play, these two teams are going to beat up on each other.
2: Yeah, they this team they they convert their two pointers and they stop your two pointers a lot. Like you see um, they are an even better offensive rebounding team than you see. Like I, I was, I talked about earlier. I mean, they're second in the country. I mean, 44% of their misses is what they're getting. So I'm sure the old uh, box out drills and whatever, there's a big focus in practice. You, you, I can hear coach Cronin saying, nah, 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 sir, that That's not going to work. You know, or, or you know, whoever he's whoever he's talking to about somebody who didn't block out correctly or just didn't give the best effort because um, if you let this team get second chances because they cannot shoot the ball from the outside, they're they're almost 300th in the they're they're 29% as a team from three.
0: Um, if you let this oh, team so just they'll shoot, so they'll shoot 42%. No, no, I don't. <laughs> but the point yeah,
2: but either way, like this is a I mean, you it's imperative that you do not let this team get second chances and especially second chances where they can just dunk it right back in. Cause that's what they'll do. Yeah. I mean, this team has tons of athleticism and size. Like, I mean, they're not, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're not a good shooting team. Um, they don't take care of the ball very well. So that could bode well for UC, not a good free throw shooting team. Um, and their three point defense, like they're really getting killed at the three point line They're they're 300th in shooting it and giving it up. Basically they're, they're right around 300. So, um, but rebounding I think is going to be the the difference because it feels like both teams are going to have hard time making the outside shots against the athleticism and length of the other team. And um, yeah, I think it's just going to be a battle in the trenches and that's where you're looking for Nasir and Trayvon to say like, all right, you know, can you guys handle this? Cause it's, it's basically you two and a little help from LEL um, against uh, all these tall and lanky MFs for, for Marvin Menzies.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're you're gonna you're getting two Patino disciples, so you're gonna get two similar styles of play. Um, Cincinnati has the better talent overall, uh, and this is a game that they're gonna really. They I think they really need Jaron Cumberland to be ultra aggressive and and look into attack because what he did more than anything against Ole Miss, he got all of their bigs in foul trouble almost by himself. And if he can do that same type of thing where he's pressuring the defense and and he's putting fouls on guys, especially early, you know, you you get a guy to two fouls in the first half, a coach reacts accordingly, some sit him, some give you a chance to put that third foul on him. Um, I think that's going to be critical. I think Jaron has to be engaged from the get-go. We can't see him when we get to the eight-minute stop. He can't have two points.
2: No. And the concern would be Jaron's six four, six five, um, not the most athletic guy ever, and he's gonna be facing six seven with lots of length and athleticism, six six type of defenders. I mean, it's not like he hasn't faced that before in his career, but um, you know, they can they can send multiple guys with some some serious length and athleticism at him and, and you know he's gonna be number one in on the scouting report. So but I think he's got that feel that he can he can dish to other other folks, and and you know he's just gonna it's, it's gonna be one of those deals where you're gonna need stuff that, that you've been getting out of out of he and uh, and broom, and you're gonna need some help for sure, um, especially on the perimeter, because I don't this team it's gonna be tough to just get anything at the basket against them. They they I mean especially with that jong dude. Um I was thinking about it. It's kind of like uh, this is an old baseball reference, but uh, the Milwaukee Braves they used to have Warren Spahn and Johnny Sain. They would say. Spawn and say and pray for rain was kind of their saying because they didn't really have another good pitcher and they just figured if they rained out then they could just go right back to spawn and it's kind of like Cumberland and broom and pray for rain and the rain being like some other people make it to three point shots maybe Justin Jennifer knocks one in maybe uh, you know Fredericks might hit one or you know Trayvon could step out I mean just need you're gonna need somebody else to hit some outside shots. Um, and then you're just gonna have to find a way to just fight tooth and nail on the glass, and just even if you, you know, even if you're maybe minus two or three, you can still win the game. But if you're like you were saying, like I mean, if it's like minus nine, ten, good night.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um so, you, got, you so, got anything else?
2: Yeah, let's just yeah. And I, I know we're at close to an hour here, but um, I think everyone everyone's been focusing on this five game stretch, and uh, especially when the schedule came out. Um, when you look at this this five-game stretch, you know, what do you feel like that UC needs to do big picture? Like what? how many do they, need, do they need to win? Do they need to beat anybody specifically? I mean, you know, what would you feel good about moving forward and what would you be a little concerned about if they, if they weren't able to do, you know, something? I mean, something?
0: I think three and two is the minimum. Right. Um, if you go anything worse than three and two – you've put yourself in a situation where you've got an uphill climb to the NCAA tournament two and three or one and four. And with an American that looks like top to bottom, it's better, but there's not going to be any, you know, marquee real, you know, wins. Like you're not going to get the bump that you got by, by beating Houston last year. You're not going to get the bump you got by beating Wichita state on the road last year. Um, I I think at least 3 and 2 and and if they go any you know 4 and 1 or 5 and 0 I think you're playing with house money now cuz now you're you're good. You you put yourself in a position where you're going to compete for an AAC title. You're going to you're going to be at the top of that conference uh and you've proven it against you know teams with with real ability and teams that can play. Um, we'll see you know, how that all plays out, but I, you have to be at least three and two bird.
2: Yeah. Because those in the Ohio state game, put, put them behind the eight ball. Yeah. So that was an opportunity right there. So, you know, especially with having two of the, you know, you look at UNLV and NKU are pretty much must wins. I mean, if you, if you drop one of those, you're going to be in, you know, like you said, a major uphill battle. So if they can, if they can find a way to, to, to gut that one out in Vegas and come back and, I mean, NKU is going to give them everything they they're they're asking for and more if they can get through those well, they're, two. They're already
0: trash talking. They, like they <laughs> they think they're going to win that game. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's smart for them to be chirping already. No, like especially yeah. in the position that that game is in, you got to go to Vegas and play at six o'clock. You're not going to get back on the plane until ten o'clock. Get back in Cincinnati late Saturday night, Sunday morning. You know, have a a, a a light day on Sunday, practice on Monday. Turn around and have to play. What's a fringe top one hundred Ken Palm t- type team? You don't give them any extra ammo. Like that doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Well, um But they've they've done that already. So
2: yeah, they're um, confident. They're confident and, and they, they have every reason to be, I mean, they've got a great, I mean, they really, they, uh, they, they had a, a good chance against uh, Central Florida. They just went cold in the beginning of the second half. But other than that, I mean, they were right with them on the road. Right. And, um, and, you know, obviously with, with it's for, for UC, you're thinking, I mean, the pressure's all on UC. You don't want to lose the NKU. And then, you know, you, you're looking ahead a little town, bit. To Z- yeah. yeah. Xavier's coming up. And then if, so if somehow they get to those first two, you got, two home games and a road game, and, and as we were talking about before, I mean, that Mississippi State came on the road is, is really a, a, a low probability win um, for a lot of reasons, but um, if they were to get that one, and let's say they, so if they if they go three and two and they get that, and maybe they lose to Xavier and UCLA, and they unfortunately would have three home losses, but I mean, that win on the road would be gigantic for their chances. Um, otherwise, if you can get, you know, pay Xavier back, or I mean, UCLA is going to be very difficult i know they have steve alford which makes things easier for teams a lot of times but they got three first round nba draft picks on that team they got a ton of size uh, they do all the types of things that bother you see you know they, they defensive rebound they can shoot you know they got um you know all the all the they don't turn the ball over a ton so that ucla game is going to be very very difficult so you would you would you would like to have your third win already before that game happens um but Either way, I mean, they they gotta play who they gotta play. But yeah, three and two minimum, four and one would I think would stamp their uh as long as they don't do anything stupid in the AAC, they they'd be a tournament team.
0: Yeah. All right. All right, man, that's gonna wrap it up. Enjoy the game this Saturday, Bergie Berg. And I will uh I will see you on Tuesday night for the Bearcats and the Norse. Yes, sir. All right, I'm Chad Brendel, he's Justin Berg. We'll see you next time. Thanks to Kevin Johnson as well for coming on. Awesome getting to talk to him and getting his, uh, his insight on this team and his uh, introduction into broadcasting. We'll see you next time. It's the BCJ Podcast on BearcatJournal.com.